The title of my message this morning is Forever Settled. Forever Settled. And I want us to begin with a scripture this morning, Psalms 119.89. 119.89. Psalm 119.89. Forever Settled. As soon as you get there, I'm going to give you a minute. Psalms 119 and the 89th verse. 119.89. Here's what it says. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Look at somebody and say forever. forever. It's never going to change. God's word is settled. It is completely and totally settled. Everything that, that God has wanted to do, everything that God is going to do, everything that God is, everything that God's going to be, everything he ever was, is settled. There's no changing in God. I mean, God has settled it. Now, that doesn't mean that things in our life don't change. It doesn't mean that things that we have, uh, have happening to us don't, aren't, aren't being affected or changed. But I want you to look at just the idea, you know, there's a lot of... A lot of uh, problems when it comes to, you know, and this is where agnostic and atheistic beliefs come from. It's just a, in my opinion, it's just an un, un, a lack of understanding of who God is and what God does. I mean, if you understand him, you understand his ways, and certainly that comes by the Spirit, but, 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 I, but I think it helps to have an understanding that God's not our enemy. I mean, but you know, the church for years, many people grew up in abusive homes. They grew up in abusive situations. They grew up in abusive relationships. They've had very uh, serious challenges. They've gone through so many problems. And it's hard to look at God as a good God if he'll do all that stuff. I mean, if God's doing all this mayhem, hurt, uh, terror, uh, challenges, if God is the author of it, it's really hard to see God in, in, in the light of a good God. I, I don't know if I'd want to look... If you could contribute everything in your life, just, I don't know you, but uh, let's just say that everything in your family, everything bad, everything negative, uh, every sickness, every death, every, uh, every uh, car accident, broken record, broken whatever, if you could directly attribute that to my, either dis- I did it, I allowed it, uh, I described it, or, or it was already something that I did it, could, could you like me? I, I wouldn't like me. I mean, if everything that ever happened bad in your family came from me, if it came from me, I mean, really, in all sincerity, what would you think of me? Well, uh, let me just, let's just if, 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 if everything that I'm mean, just rapes in your family, dead babies out of the womb happened, and I did it, I allowed it, then what would they do on this planet? I mean, what would, what would the law do? They'd put me in jail. They would probably call me a criminal. They might even treat me like they treated Hitler. A war criminal. How many understand what I'm saying? I mean, think about what I'm trying to say to you. If you could put all that on me, then, I mean, what kind of, what kind of person would I be? Well, we wouldn't, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, you would consider me a child abuser or you would consider me, I mean, so the world is very confused about who God is what God is, and, and, and all that God does. And, it, and the sad part about it, it all comes from the church. 
It comes from the church. It's the teaching that you've been taught and I was taught as a kid. I was taught when I was a kid that, you know, everything was God's will. That everything that happened to me was God's will. That's what I was taught. Nothing happened aside from God's will. How many were taught that? Some of you are being taught that in your churches today. Maybe you don't come here. And you're being taught that everything, nothing happens unless God did it or allowed it. I mean, I, I believe that the devil was on a leash. That when God, when I did something wrong, he'd sick him on me. I mean, that was my interpretation of God. And who would want to serve that? I wouldn't want to serve that. I wouldn't want anything to do with a God who was, you know, that was abusive and would, would, would hurt me and would, would, uh, uh, was looking to destroy me. I mean, I wouldn't want anything to do with that. I, I, I tell you right now, I don't want nothing to do with that. And so we've been taught that stuff, though we've been taught, and, 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 and we've pacified ourselves short term with that idea because somehow it gives comfort that, that, that uh, you know, we don't have anything to do with it. You know, it's all God, none of us. All God, none of us. You know, God's just doing what he's doing, and <clears throat> we're all just chess pieces. But we're not. The Bible says that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And a good God, a loving, passionate, compassionate God is not trying to hurt us. A, a, a God that is good, loving, compassionate towards us is not trying to destroy our lives. I mean, but, but that, that teaching is out there. It's really out there. I read a blog the other day. That, that said, you know, it was either God's will, God was allowing it, or nothing happened aside from God's will. Well, in the Garden of Eden, when we, were, when we were, as man was created in the Garden of Eden, they walked with God, the Bible says, in the, in the cool of the day. There was a relationship between man and God, and then man sinned, and God had given him the, the, the willing nature to sin, and when he did, all that was perfect I want you to think about this. Adam and Eve lived in the perfect environment. They didn't get sick. They didn't have lack. Do you understand there was no lack in the Garden of Eden? The, the relationship between man and God was perfect. They were communing. There was, the earth was not in turmoil. There, there was no lack of anything. There was no, I mean, if Adam named every animal, they weren't eating him when he was naming them. I mean, I don't know if anybody just got what I just said, but I mean, if you walk up to a lion today, I just saw where some guy jumped a fence, and they, have anybody seen this? And that tiger tore that man up. He said he just wanted to be one with the tiger. He is. That tiger took a bite out of him. He is today one with that tiger. You can't jump in a lion's den. You can't jump in without, without the help of the Lord. You know what I'm trying to say. But if you don't have that, I mean, and you jump in the tiger's den, he's going to eat you. But Adam didn't have that difficulty, didn't have that challenge. There were none of those things. Now think about it. I want you to think before the fall of man, God created man never to die. Do you understand? It was never God's will that man should die. Now you might look at me and say, God's will always gets done. And I'm going to answer you today, and I'm going to tell you it does not. God's will is not always, first, number one, sitting in this room, you need to understand something. God's will is not always done. And God cannot do anything on this planet 
He said, God can do anything. Anybody, everybody ever heard that? God can do anything. He can't lie. Okay, you didn't get that. You just told me God can do anything. Didn't you say that? People told me God can do anything. Well, he can't lie. So he can't do anything. I mean, it might really be a won't. You know, and think about it. I just want you to think about this. I mean, I, just imagine this. If God said the sky is purple, what would it be? That's why God can't lie. Because whatever he says, it becomes. Whatever he decides, it is. He cannot lie. God cannot lie. Well, if God could do anything, why don't he make you pay your tithe? That'd be great, wouldn't it? I know it would be for me. I'd be glad. There would be no need, no debt, no nothing. Just God can't do everything that he wants to do. He can't. He locked himself into his word. That's why I said it's forever settled. You understand whatever God was, he is. Whatever he is, he will be. Whatever is not will never be because he is whatever is going to be. He is. He is here, he is there, he is. He just flat out is. And whatever he was, he is, he will be. And for, nothing will ever be created that he ain't already. Do you get that? Do you understand? So it's forever settled who God is, the character of God, what God will do. And God has set his word in, in, in motion, in his word, in law. And it cannot change. It will not change. This is the word of God. It is forever settled. Does anybody get that? It was settled from the beginning, it is settled today, and it will be settled tomorrow. Things that come upon you, the challenges of your life, will not change what God is, was, or ever will be. Amen. Does anybody understand that? You've got to get that because if, if, we, if we have the impression God is changing every five minutes, then it's not a God we can count on, it's not a God we can trust. And if the will of God is not the same for all of us, it's not the same for any of us. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change. He has never changed. And so whatever he was in the garden, he is today. Whatever his plan was in the garden, it is his plan today. Does anybody see what I'm trying to say? It's important for you to get this because, I mean, the idea that God arbitrarily puts sickness and disease and mayhem on somebody's life and that the loss of a child or the loss of a, 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 a challenging condition in your life is somehow God's plan to work something better in your life is totally the antithesis of Scripture. <laughs> oh, I know. See, see, some folks are like, what? Did he just say what I thought he said? Yes, I did. I have been talked about here in town. I know people have said this. They said, I believe that people should prosper and be wealthy and have wealth and blessing and that they should drive nice cars and live in nice houses. And they said that. They told everybody that, that, was, that, that that's what I believe. And some of them said that I believe God would heal. Uh, he, he heals all the time. Not just some of the time. He heals all the time. He's, he's a healer and that he believes in he, God will heal you. They've said that I believe that. And some have said that I believe that, that God will protect you and keep you safe from the enemy and that no weapon formed against you. Will some have said that every time. Uh, you know, and they, they said some other things. They said that, you know, I mean, I mean all the things. That, listen, it's all true. I've said every bit of it. And I'm going to say it again today. Because it's time we as believers understand that God's original plan, 
God's original purpose was for us to live in total communion with him, and God is eventually going to restore all of that through Jesus Christ, his son. Once we pass from this planet to heaven, we will be restored to the kingdom of God that God intended for us to be in. And we will have heaven, and heaven will not have sickness. Heaven will not have disease. Heaven will not have death. Heaven will not have uh, uh, destruction. Heaven will not have discouragement. Heaven will not have depression. Heaven will not have war. Heaven will not have terrorists. Heaven will not have controversy. Heaven will have peace and joy and love and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness and kindness and temperance. Heaven will be filled with, 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 with all the goodness of God and the love of God, which is what God originally intended for mankind to be in. You know, God doesn't send anybody to hell. People will go to hell. They will go to hell. But God will not send one person to hell. Did you know that? We will decide ourselves to go. You will decide. You will make the choice. You say, well, if I don't choose him, then I would. God did not make that choice. Man made that choice. When Adam sinned in the garden, a separation between God and man became. It now exists because that nature is inside of us. We have the nature of the devil when we are born. And without Jesus' provision, without God's love, you and I could not be escaping that thing that is within us. If I had a cancer in me, he has to remove it. Do you understand? I've got the cancer of sin within me. It separates me from God. God. It has eternally damned me without Jesus' love, without God's love, without Jesus' forgiveness, without the forgiveness of sin. There, there, there's no way that I can escape the destiny that was ordained by Adam, not by God. Do you get that? Adam did this. Man did this. We did this. This was never God's intention. God's desire is that none should perish. That's God's heart. You need to get God's heart for mankind. And so he provides you with the escape. He provides you with the way out. He provides you with the answer to life's challenge. He provides you with it and intends for you to live in it. Now, here's the best part. That isn't just heaven. We're not just going to have the benefits of life. See, some people grew up, like I said, they were beaten up as children. It'd be hard to see God. I can understand why somebody would become atheistic in their ideas or agnostic if, if, if they looked at life and thought, how could a good God, how could a God who loves me do this to me? How could God, who's so loving, kill people? He doesn't. He doesn't put them in poverty. He doesn't put them in disease. You know, in India today, people starve by the thousands. Did you know that? If you go to Kolkata, India, you'll find out they starve by the thousands. If you didn't know better, you'd think God did that. And yet, here's the interesting thing. In India, they're Hindus, or they're, they're, uh, they, they believe a different religion. Uh, uh, Buddhists, cows by the millions walk in the streets cows by the millions, but it might be the uncle. They won't eat them. They won't eat a sheep. They won't eat a cow. They won't eat. They won't eat the food that God has given them sitting right, walking. I mean, the streets filled with cows and they won't eat them. Are you serious? You think it's God killing folk?
deception of the devil. I love one of my favorite scriptures. Listen to me. One, one of my favorite scriptures is John 10, 10. Man, we need to put this up on the screen. We need to believe this. You know, look at what John 10, 10 tells me. It says that the thief, look at somebody and say the thief. Let's make sure we get it right. Come on, let's get it right. Let's get it right, folks. Let's get it right. Come on, look at somebody right now and say the thief. Now, let me tell you who the thief is. The devil. Look at somebody and say, the devil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. All right, now you, you, you got to get with me on this. Who is it that's stealing, killing, and destroying? All right, let's say it real loud now. The devil. The stuff in your life that has been negative, the stuff that's so harmful. There are three causes in our life today that we deal with, three struggles. We deal with ourselves. Listen, God never took that American Express out and bought anything with it. He did not pick out that car. He did not buy your house. He did not marry that girl. <laughs> nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. If I do a marriage counseling and somebody says they're having problems in their marriage or they've been divorced in the past or whatever, I say, well, you know, what was your contribution to the divorce? And they always get mad at me. What do you mean? He was a drug addict, no good scumbag. You know. And I'll say, well, let's get down to it. Let's talk about it. Well, you know, they'll keep on going. No, you don't understand. He was abusive. No, you don't understand. And I'll say, okay, what about your decision? Well, I, I, I didn't know. You know, as I was walking down the aisle, I was thinking, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> I knew the whole time I shouldn't. Because God is so willing and so loving that he tries to tell us. He tries to speak to us. His spirit will try to tell us what's right, what's wrong, where to go. And when we refuse that, sometimes it's just flat out us. You know, sometimes it's just us. I know y'all don't want to admit that. You know, because it's really easier to put it all off on God. You know what I'm saying? I'm broke and ain't got nothing because, not because I ain't got no job. It's because God's trying to teach me something. I know he's trying to teach me. I ain't got no job. Done. I know I didn't put out any applications or nothing. <laughs> Come on, I want to help you. You know, you got to work in this life to do the things that are in this life. You have to do some things. You know, I, I'm, I'm telling you, some of the things that I've struggled with in my body have nothing to do with the devil and have nothing to do with the world. They have everything to do with me and a fork. <laughs> Come on, it's the truth. It's the truth anyhow. You know, I mean, I'm just dealing with my own issues. I've got to deal with my own health. I've got to do, I've got to get on, you know, sometimes we need to get familiar with the treadmill. How many of you believe, listen, I heard this. Tell me if you believe it's the truth. I heard if you get on a treadmill and you do an hour a day and you, and you work your cardio an hour a day that you could potentially lose 10 pounds in a month and potentially even more than that if you continue that. Do you believe that? That if you got on a treadmill, did cardio one hour a day, and you really pushed hard, that, that it would work. 
You can believe it, but unless you get on the treadmill, it ain't going to do you no good. I'm just saying. Sometimes we're the problem. There are a lot of times it's just flat out us. Our obedience, our disobedience, things that we do, places we go, people we are associated with, challenges that come to us are us. Other times it's just the world that we live in. See, this world is, is, is because of Adam's sin, it's been thrown into chaos. There is, the, this earth is, is, is in disorder. This earth is not in the order that God originally planned for it to be in. This earth is, is fallen into, into the, the state that man brought it into. And it's no longer the place that God originally intended for it to be and will one day be. He said new Jerusalem, new heaven and earth will come and we won't have to worry about what we were with these hurricanes and these devastating events that come. The Bible says that the earth is groaning for his coming. And sometimes the challenges that you and I face with hurricanes and tornadoes and challenges just right here on the planet, I mean, certainly I would pray and do all that I could to, to stop it, but I certainly wouldn't say it was God's will that God did it. I mean, God wrecked your house? Man, I don't know about nobody else, but when I hear about a hurricane, I get on my knees and command a thing to go. You, you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, if you are praying about it, I want you to think about this. If you are praying about the hurricane or praying about sickness and disease, let's say you believe that sickness came on your body because God wanted to teach you something or it was God's will. I mean, if nothing's done aside from God's will and you believed it was God's will, then don't pray about it. Because you'll be going against. Does anybody know what I'm trying to say? I'm going to go. We're going to, I can't quit. Y'all got to stay with me. I know we had a few baby dedications, but I can't let this go. It's forever settled. You see, when Jesus died on the cross and God had instituted, the plan of Jesus was before man's fall. God provided the escape at the moment that he, that, uh, uh, he knew. And he provided, he preordained in advance that you and I could walk in him or not. We could walk in prosperity or not. We could walk in blessings or not. We could walk in, in forgiveness or not. We could walk in health or not. He preordained it through Jesus, but it's our choice. Does anybody see it? And so when 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died on the cross and he hung and bled for you and I, the Bible says Jesus looked up and he said, it is, come on, let's, let's do this right. It is what was finished. What, what was finished? Everything. If everything is finished, what's left? Nothing. All is all, everything is everything. If everything is finished, it is, what did he finish? You see, in the law, because of the law, three things existed. Three curses. And that's what they lived under in the Old Testament. That's why when you see the events that occurred and it looked like God was doing it, it did, like the children in the, of Israel when they wandered in the wilderness. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that they wandered in the wilderness because of their disobedience and unbelief. Nowhere does it state it was God's will Listen, get this, come on, come on, come on. I want you to, you've got to get this. Nowhere in that passage does it say God willed for them to be in the wilderness. 
But because of the curse of the law and their lack of fulfillment of the law, they brought unto themselves the thing, not God. I mean, if I told you, if I told you today, if I told one of you, I said, if you take my car and you drive it to Minnesota, you'll get shot in the head. Now, I'm not going to shoot you in the head, but you'll get shot in the head. Fair enough? All right, if you drive to Minnesota, did I shoot you in the head? But I told you if you drive, though, if you go to Minnesota, you get me? If I told you that if you go to Minnesota, then if you went to Minnesota, who did it? Come on now, I'm helping you here. You guys can talk at Family Worship Center. I know you don't do this in y'all's place. But the, you did it. I mean, if I gave you the, if I told you what the, what, the, what, the, what the results were going to be and you went ahead and did it, I'm not responsible for the results. I told you what they would be. Why would you put it on God, the results of it? You know, I mean, I mean you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. It reminds me of a story that Brother Hagin told about a bunch of guys who were working at this power plant, and the power plant had a devastating explosion, and five of them died. Well, when they got to the funeral, Brother Hagin was standing behind, beside the security guy, the, the safety expert at the plant, and the pastor got up there and said, God took all five of them. He said, he said the Lord took them. How many of you know God don't take you? You may go, but God don't take you. The Bible says that death is the last enemy to be defeated. Now, if it's your enemy, it ain't your friend. How many understand that death and, death and God are not buddies? God don't wield death. Where does death come from? John 10, 10, tell me. Come on. See how hard this is to say? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard because your religious teacher, what? You've been told God took them. You know, God needed another angel in heaven. He needed another flower in his garden. I mean, it ain't like he could actually create one. He's got to kill you to put one in the garden. For real? That's what you're saying? No, you may go because you're going to go. There's nothing you can do about it. There's gonna, death is part of the planet. Death is part of your life. Because of Adam, death came upon man. That's what happened. Thank God for eternal life. You get me? And so the, the man, the safety man said, uh, when the pastor said that, he said, you know, it's amazing. God don't take quite so many of them when they follow the rules. <laughs> you know that 55 mile an hour speed limit's there for a purpose? You know, somebody, you know, DUI and drinking and running into a bridge embutment, God didn't take you. I don't mean to hurt nobody's feelings. I don't want nobody to get upset because maybe your family member may have run into a bridge embutment. And maybe something like that had happened, but you've got to stop blaming God for something that the world, the devil, and the flesh did. You've got to stop blaming God. Somebody died from AIDS because they had sex unprotected with somebody and ended up dying from AIDS. God did not give them AIDS. Don't you get it? It is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came. I love the second part. But Jesus came. That you and I might have life and have life more abundant. Nowhere in that scripture in Hebrews does it say God did that. It said through their unobedient, their, their disobedience and the lack of faith and their hardness of heart, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. God did not have them wander in the wilderness. 
I know your favorite preacher. I know we'll tell you that God's setting you up. About that time, I love these guys. I'll listen to them, but I eat the hay and I spit out the sticks. You know what I'm talking about? I don't believe that garbage and I ain't never going to believe that garbage. To believe that God would put you on the corner as a hoe. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. God's got, God had you on that corner. Go. God had you on that corner because he knew you'd lose your mind. He kept you from losing your mind while you were on that corner, selling your body. God put you on that corner. God was setting you up. And if you believe that, I got some swamp land in Florida for you. Like God would put you in sin? God tempts no man with evil. He doesn't tempt us with those things. He doesn't tempt us to doubt him. When you go through those challenges, they're tempting you to doubt God. They come from the devil. You got to know who your friend is. You got to know who your enemy is. You shouldn't listen to that mess. I pray to God. Listen, I pray to God. I, I, I pray I ruin you. I want to ruin you. I want to make it uncomfortable for you to go and sit in a church where they teach you that God is beating you up. God is putting cancer on you. God is killing your babies. I don't want you going sitting in that mess because then you don't know who your enemy is. You don't know how to believe. You don't know how to stand. Let me tell you who God is. Beloved, I wish above all things now that's something to shout about. Third John 2 said, Beloved, I wish God's highest wish. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God wants you blessed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. God wants you to be above and not beneath. God wants you to be over and not under. When Jesus said it is finished, the Bible says he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He took back the power that you and I could, through him, have life and that more abundantly. He took that back for you and I, that if we know who the enemy is and we know who our God is, that we have the right to live blessed on this planet. The impression is given in church that, that we're waiting on God to do it. We're waiting on him to provide it. And that would come from the fact we don't know his will. If it is forever settled. I want to ask you something. Jesus said that he came in Galatians chapter 3. It says that cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree. That the blessings of Abraham may come upon us. You see the curses were these, three of them. Sin was a curse. Sickness was a curse, and poverty was a curse. All of them were part of the law. All of them were what we would have to have if we could not obey the law. All of them were just like I said. He said, if you do these things, this is the result. And because they did them, they had those results. Terrible things came. 
not by God's hand, but out of God's knowledge. Man, that's deep right there. That's really deep. See, God knew it, warned them about it. He didn't do it. Do you get it? He didn't do it. He didn't do it. But when Jesus came, he bore those curses on that tree. He bore them, and he did away with poverty, sickness, and sin. Let me ask you, when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and you confessed him as Lord, tell me what happened right then. The Bible says you're saved. What else happened? Your sins are washed as far as the east to be remembered no more. When did that happen? When did that happen for you? The day you accepted him, the day you received his salvation, right? That day. What else did you receive? Here, you ready? Eternal life. It is the promised life. After we die, we now, we now, right this minute, not then, I won't receive eternal life at that moment. Do you understand? I'm not going to receive eternal life. I don't receive the forgiveness of my sins when I die. I receive it the day I receive it. The day I accept him, I get sozo, completeness and wholeness. All of it's done. Now, let me ask you this. We live in 2012. When was it provided? It's forever. Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundations of the earth. When Jesus said, it is finished, 2,000 years ago, he took back the keys of death hell in the grave. He bore the curses for me that cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree that the blessings of Abraham may come upon me. At that very moment 2,000 years ago I was healed. At that moment 2,000 years ago I was prospered. At that moment 2,000 years ago my sins were washed as far as and the day I received the promise was the day I received what he had already done. It's settled. God doesn't heal me today. If you have a sickness on your body or a disease that has attacked you, you don't pray if it be thy will to be healed. You don't say, Lord, heal me if it be thy will. Really? Then why did he, buy, why did he bore stripes why does 1 Peter 2.24 tell me by Jesus' stripes, I was healed? Because he did it 2,000 years ago. He won't do it today. It's done. I receive it today. I don't have to ask if it be thy will. He already showed me his will. He already provided his will. That doesn't just apply to my salvation. It doesn't just apply to my healing. Let me tell you what else it applies to. It applies to my prosperity. We don't have to live poor. We don't have to live in poverty. We don't have to live in, 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 a, in, in, in lack and not enough. I don't care what the gas prices are. Didn't enough people shout on that now. 
I don't care what they say on Fox News. I don't care what they say on CNN or C-SPAN or whatever. I have, it is settled. It was finished. That word is forever settled. Here's what he said. That the blessings of Abraham may come upon me. It's settled. The Bible said that, that the blessings of the Lord shall come upon me and they shall overtake me. It is settled. The Bible said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Settle. The Bible said, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Settle. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I want you to get this because I, I just get tired of seeing the Christians wondering whether or not the business, is this really God's will? I don't know. Should I really do this or shouldn't I do it? You get out there and stick your faith out in front of you and you believe God that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and God will cause your enemies to be your footstool and that God will cause, he said, no good thing will I withhold from those who walk uprightly that my steps are ordered of the Lord. I'm not gonna miss God. I'm not missing the Lord. God has blessings and prosperity for me. I command, you ought to put your hands on your checkbook and command it full. I command you to be full. You ought to stick them bills on the table. Put your hand on those bills and do what the Word of God said. Don't sit there and go, I wonder if it's God's will. Maybe God's put me through this. This must be the Lord. It's the world, the flesh, and the devil. Put your hand on those bills and say, Mountain. I mean... I've often wondered, those that have that kind of thinking, the Bible says we're to pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. If God could do anything and he's in control of it all and his will is getting to be done, is being done, why do I got to pray? Why am I praying for his will in heaven to be done on earth. Because his will in heaven isn't always being done. Yes, 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 yes. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. If God's will is for you to be sick, and lack, then you better pray for lack. Anybody just hear what I just said? Did you get, did you get that? If we pray according to his will, we know he hears us. If we know he hears us, then we have the petitions we've desired of the Lord. So if it is God's will for you to be in poverty, if what's happening to you negatively is God, then pray with it. No, 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 no. We ought to find out what God's word actually says about it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> what does he say about it? What does he say about your situation? What does he say about your challenge? Now, when you find out that, and then you pray according to his will, then you can change it. Look at somebody and say this out loud. I want you to say it out loud. You ready? 
Devil bad. Devil bad. God good. I'm going to finish. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know and possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not the lust of concupiscence, evil Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in a matter, because the, the Lord is the avenger of all such, and we who have forewarned you and testified for God hath called hath not called us to uncleanness but has called us unto holiness he therefore that despises despises not man he that rejects it rejects not man but who so what did it say the will of God was that we shouldn't live in those things right is God's will being done in all of our lives no and if we reject it what does it say you rejected God. So his will doesn't always get done, does it? I'm just saying. Let's look at it again. It's important that you get this. First Timothy 2, 3, and 4. For this good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. It's God's will that everybody be saved. It is God's will. Hear me now. You Calvinists out there, it is God's will that everybody be saved. Not, the, not just a select few, not just an individual, not just maybe. It is God's will. Now, we know that don't happen, don't we, because there's people that aren't saved. But it is his will. It's important that you get this because I get so frustrated with people who are lacking in their lives, who are afraid to go to God because they're confused about it. When I first heard this, I'm telling you, it really rang so wrong in me, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that a man would actually get up and say, God, I mean, really? And then I started fighting this thing, got in the Word of God, started praying about it, seeking God. I started realizing the God that people were telling me about wasn't the God of the Bible. And when I, when I realized that, when I came to the understanding that God wants me to prosper, and God wants me in health. And that when I don't see those things, if it ain't good, but if you're confused, if you're confused about it, and you're wondering whether God's the author of your challenge, if it's not good, it's not God. That's all you need to know. And you step into the promise of God, start believing God. When somebody comes and tells you they killed their, that God killed their baby, praise the Lord, you tell them, no, the devil killed your baby, and praise the Lord. I'll tell you, the devil killed my baby. I'm going after him. I'm telling you right now. Don't you mess with my baby. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, I just love the Lord because he took my baby. Are you kidding me? The devil took my baby. I want to beat his head in. If the devil takes my money, I want to kick him in the teeth. Oh, see, everybody gets quiet. Everybody gets like, like if you say something like that, the devil's going to come get you. He better not come near my house. He better not come after me. He better not come after my money. He better not come after my body. He better not. The Bible says he's defeated. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. The Bible says I can resist the devil. He's got to flee from me. I am not afraid of the devil. You understand that? I am not. I never will be. I don't. If he showed up in my house, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have the greater one living in me. We just got to take authority. Lastly, I want to say this. I need to finish. 
I'm going to keep going with this. I, I'm just not done because I, I've watched God's people just get so messed up with this stuff. And the devil just got them so they can't even believe. They don't know who it's coming from where it's coming from. Any problems in my life are from the devil or of my own making or the result of the life of a fallen planet. My heavenly father has never done me any harm and he never will. If hardships and problems make us better, it's just a question. If, if this idea of hardships, and I want you to think about this is the question to leave on today. And I hope to see you tonight for this wonderful concert we're going to have and worship time. But if hardships and problems were what make us better, then first of all, we'd all be better. Because I done been through some hard times. Is anybody but me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And here's the thing. Those of you that are going through the worst stuff, you ought to be better than all of us. about it, right? If that was what produced God in you, then praise God. You must be holier and glorified more than all of us. Y'all must have more of God than everybody in this room. Y'all are getting chased by the devil every day. You know, God does not do that stuff. God does not. God is our friend. James says this. Stand on your feet. James says, every good gift And every perfect gift <laughs> comes from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness and neither shadow of turning. Every good gift. Some people think it's every gift is good, and every gift is perfect, and it all comes from God. That is wrong. Everything in your life didn't come from God. But I can tell you this. If you'll let God bring his goodness into your life, if you'll let God anoint you with the oil of gladness, and you'll let him put his praise on your lips, and you'll allow your thinking to change and realize, I'm supposed to be wealthy. I'm supposed to be healthy. And you take on Third John 2 in your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Beloved. You ought to quote this. this just make this your quote all week. You know, and, don't, and listen, when you start moving in this direction, don't think the devil ain't going to try and stop you. He's going to try. But you just keep, keep quoting it. Beloved, I wish above all things, as you're walking and talking with God, that thou mayest prosper. God wants me to prosper. And be in health. God wants me healthy. As my soul prospers. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands. Say, Father, I receive that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, just for somebody out there, you can't help where you've been. There ain't nothing you can do about where you've been, but you can do everything about where you're going. Don't you let your past hinder your future. Don't you let the past defeat stop your present. 
You go forward in God. Don't you let the devil tell you you're not worthy. Don't you let the devil tell you you can't do it. Don't you let him bring back your past. The Bible says old things have passed away and all things have become new. You walk in that newness. Walk in that newness. Hallelujah.